You're listening to Take 5 with Ari Shapiro, the show where I get five takes on something that's popular or trending and give you a chance to really think deeply about it. Because quite frankly, I don't think we're doing enough of that today. And this subject in particular on the show is something that, for many of my followers, is really near and dear to their hearts. I've got a lot of Blue Jays followers, and so it was only fitting that I decided to look at the Blue Jays rebuild specifically to see whether or not this team is in fact going in the right direction. Now, I realize that's all a matter of perspective, and not all of you will agree with the views and opinions shared on this program, but at least by giving you a multitude of them, there might be some hope that we can look at this rebuild objectively and maybe not polarize the Blue Jays as much as, well, yours truly may have done in the past himself. So, to help get us started, I decided to look at the obvious question, which was exactly what were my guest thoughts on the talent pool, on what's happening with this team when it comes to a nucleus and whether or not they're meeting people's expectations. And I decided to bring on Jason Waddell, who's a former writer and minor league guru. This guy's written for Baseball Prospectus, 2080 Baseball, Pinstripe Prospects. He knows a little bit something about the Blue Jays minor league system. And I asked Jason right away exactly whether or not he feels this season has been a success and, and how he feels about it in terms of the expectations that were set when the season started. Here are his thoughts. I think this is one of the more important parts of their development, and it's it's overcoming the adversity at the major league level. Um, collectively, as a group, they're going to have to learn how to win together, which I think while we don't really give two shits about minor league win-loss records, um, that New Hampshire team last year was a, was a powerhouse. You know, so as, as those guys start to mature and take hold of these everyday roles, um, these guys know how to win. They, they have won, even if it doesn't really matter in the minor leagues. They've won before. Now it's trying to learn how to win against the best of the best in the world. And I think it's going to take some time, and Blue Jays fans have to be really patient. But over the long haul, um, I mean, this is an invaluable experience. You can't chalk this up as a lost year. You know, this is one of the years that springboards future success. And, and in a lot of ways, you can't be the Astros without having a year like this, if that's the goal. You can't be what we think the Padres will, and, and the Braves will become, you know, without having years like this, you know, when those farm systems take over. And it's just look at the we, – we are now seeing the fruit of our patience. Now that's poetic. And that's one of the reasons why Jason is someone you should be following on social media. We really have to be patient with this team. And for a lot of people who are following the Blue Jays, the real question that existed for a while is whether or not this organization is doing everything in its power to give fans a legitimate reason, and I mean a seriously legitimate reason, to be excited next year. Because there are a lot of losses that are piling up, and there's no question that this team right now is nothing more than a bottom feeder. But when you look at the hitting, when you look at the positional players, and then ask yourself, can the pitching catch up? The question was then posed to a good friend of the show and contributor to my website, Richard Burfer, who happens to be a scouting director at the Collegiate Baseball Network, and he's worked for Evolution Matrix. I asked him, are the Blue Jays really doing everything they should to bring a winner? And he had some surprising things to say. Here's Rich. Well, I mean, the thing with the Blue Jays is any sort of rebuild is a process. And before this year, we've 
we didn't get a chance to see Vladdy Guerrero with the main roster. We didn't get a chance to see Kevin Biggio with the main roster. We only got a little bit of, of Danny Jansen last year. So in my mind, everything takes takes time. We can't have everything all at once, especially for a team that's rebuilding. What we see right now is guys like Vladdy Guerrero, Kevin Biggio has been an on-base machine. Danny Jansen has improved greatly behind the plate. So even when his hitting wasn't up to par, the, the work behind the plate was just, you could tell that it's been improving from his days as a minor league catcher. So I don't, I don't worry too much about the pitching because I know a lot of the, a lot of the guys in the bullpen won't be here past this year. I know that Sanchez is probably no longer the star of the, the rotation for the future, but we do have a couple of names in our farm system. And at some point, Blue Jays have to start to sign free agents. You're not going to be able to build a team full of of uh, prospects, and at some point, the uh, the Blue Jays gotta gotta try to sign a big name. The thing with the Blue Jays right now, like even if you look at the farm system, we have a couple of names coming up, and Nate Pearson and Patrick Murphy a little lower down is our guys like Eric Eric Cardinio and Adam Klausenstein. Um, at some point, the Blue Jays are going to have to pay, but we have to realize that the Blue Jays have never really been in this sort of predicament before. Like, even back in 2015 and 2016, when the Jays were competing, they had an older roster. So if I'm a free agent pitcher who's due for a big raise and big term, do I really want to go to a team like the Blue Jays, where if I'm a pitcher, I can see that their window to win is the next one to two seasons, because back then, Jose Batista was was already in his mid-30s. Edwin was in his near, near 30s. They were due for contract extensions. Josh Donaldson was due for contract extensions. People aren't blind. They realize what's happening with Tulo. They're realizing what's happening with Russell Martinstadt. So if I'm a free agent pitcher looking for a long-term deal, that may not be the place I generally want to go to. But now, as, as you see what's happening with the Blue Jays, and they have such a young crop of young players, and you can see that they can win for a bunch of years, and their window to win would kind of lengthen. Now you're excited to sign with a team like the Blue Jays. And even if you look at the Toronto Raptors, the way the city of Toronto, the, the country of Canada, kind of dove into the Raptors and just bought into their hype. And you're watching that. You're like, this this city, this country loves its sports, and I want to be part of it. So that mixed with the youth the Jays are bringing up, that should excite free agents. And the Jays have never really been at that stage before as a franchise. The Blue Jays at some point have to start spending. They've just got to start going after free agents because Lord knows the city has enough trouble wooing them as it is. And I mean, unless they have some kind of kinship like John Tavares, chances are free agents are not putting this city of Toronto anywhere near the top of their list. So next I brought on someone who not only works with the Lansing Lugnuts, but writes for many different baseball publications, including the Jays Journal and the Jays Nation. I'm talking about Hayden Godfrey, and I asked him, how soon can you see this Blue Jays team becoming seriously competitive? Here's what he had to say. This year for the Blue Jays, I think you and I have talked about this a few times, a few times is going to be a season of moments. Um, there are going to be certain points, you know, maybe it's Trent Thornton's debut. Maybe it's Ken Giles just being absolutely tremendous. Maybe it's Danny Jansen hitting, what, four home runs in six games. This season is, is going to be about moments because the results are not going to be that great. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that notion. With that said, it's very, very easy to see that a lot of these moments have been bunched together. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has been on fire. Kevin Biggio has an eye that is is unreal at the plate. I've never seen 
a young player coming to the majors show that kind of plate discipline. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is putting together good at-bats. I know the results and the numbers aren't quite where, where folks around the organization want them to be, but he's still shown a lot of promise. His defense has been suspect, but that's in the works, as it would be for any 20-year-old player. The pitching, as you alluded to, is... I wouldn't even consider it enigmatic because I don't see much. You know, it, Aaron Sanchez is struggling more than anybody ever thought that he would. Marcus Stroman's been tremendous, but, you know, does this injury, is it a lasting thing? Trent Thornton has started to uh, to, to fizzle out a little bit. The bullpen has been subpar. Um, Edwin Jackson has been an absolute disaster for this team. They've been struggling to find a coherent opener. Um, the truth of the matter is, I think a lot of teams have started to get this right, is that you cannot, as a major league baseball team, you cannot contend without very, very good pitching. And offense is great, and position players are great. Defense is exciting. Defensive alignments are fascinating to me particularly. But you cannot win a championship. Hell, you can't even win a division without a really, really strong set of five starting pitchers. And so that's, I think, for me, as an observer, where I find a little bit of trouble buying into the narrative of the team com uh, competing in the next two, three, four years, is because there doesn't seem to be that strong, uh, the strong pitching that is needed uh, to conquer the beasts that are the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, and on the pitching side of things, to a certain degree, the Tampa Bay Rays. Strowman's been fantastic. I have all the faith in the world in Eric Pardino, who just made his way to low A Lansing, uh, and Nate Pearson, who's tearing up the double A Eastern League. Um, but the, it isn't enough. The depth is not enough. With prospects, you could get 10 pitching prospects and only one of them will be able to put up a positive war over the course of a major league season. With that said, uh, the defense has been really great. The, the offense has been really great to the point where you almost believe that you know, the opposing team might score six runs, but this team could score seven runs. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. But I still think that if this team is going to do anything, it's going to be very, very difficult to do so without strong, young, controllable pitching, which is why I think if we see guys like Freddie Galvis, Eric Sogard, Marcus Stroman, David Phelps, if we see these guys dealt, because they're rentals and they don't have long-term deals, if we see these guys dealt, the front office absolutely has to pursue young, controllable pitching. Maybe not of the highest caliber, because that's not available easily, but to pursue pitching at all costs, because that's something that this team is very, very, very much lacking. And I think it's difficult to buy in and see them competing without that. There is something to be said for patience with optimism. And Mr. Godfrey nails it right on the head. There's no question that it will take time in order to get the assets to have five strong starting pitchers. It seems like it's been, I don't know, a century and a half since the Blue Jays had that marvelous year in 2016 where all five starters provided consistent quality starts and the kinds of innings that would make your head spin. Now everyone will have their point of view as to whether or not the front office is moving the team in the right direction. One fellow in particular who happens to be a market practitioner and a research associate at the world-famous Levy Institute, Marshall Auerbach, is a regular guest here, and I asked him also that question. Does he feel that the team is headed in the right direction? And really, in lieu of this, the maddening frustration that is Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez, all the inconsistency, all the diminishing trade asset value, what's his take on the season, taking all these factors into consideration? Here's what Marshall had to say. Well, I'm, for one thing, I'm not as negative about Stroman's injury as, as uh, I, I think um, uh, you are, uh, or appear to be. I, 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 I know that they, the, the team has not been terribly transparent on um, 
injury history in the past, but I, I'm going to take them at their word and suggest that it's just a muscle cramp. And um, I still think they'll get a, a decent haul for him. Maybe he goes to the Yankees and Clint Frazier goes the other way. But um, as far as Sanchez goes, more problematic. I, I, I think you have to ride it out and, and, and see if he can um, come back in, in, to any degree. If he if he starts pitching better in the next uh, the next few weeks, uh, maybe you could trade for him. But maybe uh, he becomes a rental to someone the, the, the following year. I'm not I'm not as worried about that. There's some decent pitching prospects in the in the minors, and um, but it seems to me that the Blue Jays are adopting a model not unlike that of the of uh, the Cubbies, you know, who who focus on developing their position players and um, and and making sure they had a good base of position players um, straight through the uh, the farm system and then when they looked like they were ready to win they started using their free agency dollars to acquire some pitching um, either through uh, with their prospect capital or um, uh, uh, by trades or, or just making big free agency acquisitions and, and maybe that's the way the, the blue Jays go as well so I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably encouraged I, I mean the, the, the team was unwatchable the first few months of the year but now at least um, they're um, becoming entertaining to, to see out there. So I'm not terribly worried about it, and I still think that they do have a, a sensible plan in, in mind. Um, Sanchez, it's unfortunate. It's also unfortunate what's happened to some of the other guys, Shoemaker, Baroque. But, you know, to me, um, whether they won 75 games this year or 58 games this year, the attendance was never going to be uh, um, up, up to much. And it, and it will never be because it doesn't look like Toronto – is a real baseball town. They will show up when the team wins, and if they don't uh, win, then whether they're 500 or 400 or even 250, they're not going to draw fans. So um, let's stick with a, a sensible, well-thought-out plan, as I think the management is doing. And um, um, when, when they're ready to win, I think the the, uh, the Rogers Center will be rocking again as it was in 2015 and 16. Again, there's a lot of tempered enthusiasm and patience really being offered to the listeners a way of saying look as far as rebuilds go it's going to take time but the team is trending in the right direction and to wrap up tonight's show who better than to ask the question of how a typical fan should grade this season and how far upgrades will really take them than canadian country music artist and of course the site expert at the jays journal chris henderson how does he feel about the blue jays prospects for the future well, you know, the first thing I'll do is acknowledge that it's been a very difficult first half of the season. And uh, even I've had a tough time sitting through nine innings on many, many evenings. Uh, that said, you know, we knew that it was going to be a tough season and that the first year of a rebuild is not meant for playoff glory or anything like that. And so I think now that we're at the All-Star break, I think you can genuinely look at look at what's happened and not so much like the painful path to get there, but where we are now. And I think there's a great core that's starting to develop, and anyone that's paying attention would probably agree. I mean, Gordis Gurriel Jr. has been a revelation since he's returned from AAA. Um, Kevin Vizio has been fantastic. His patience at the plate and his just mature approach has been, been outstanding. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hasn't been quite as great as we all hoped he would be out the gate, but there's no denying that he's going to be an elite hitter, and you can see that just from watching him. He's only 20 years old, and he's going to be great. Uh, and that's not all. I mean, we've got Danny Jansen's really found his stroke at the plate now. You know, Rowdy Telez has got 14 home runs, I think. Maybe he's aging that 15. You know, so there's a lot of great pieces that are starting to come together. And we haven't even seen Bo Bichette or any of the other talented minor leaguers yet that are very close. 
So the core on, of the lineup, I think, looks fantastic, and I'm really excited about even the second half of this year, just watching them play, let alone uh, what's to come in the next few years. Um, on the other side, they do need to develop some pitching, and I think that's really got to be the focus of this trade deadline is to just bring in more assets. They, they do have some nice pieces. I, I, Nate Pearson has been, been unbelievable. He impressed in the Futures game. Uh, as usual, I think he hit 102 with a radar gun and struck out a couple of guys. Uh, Ryan Brucky has looked fantastic in his rehab starts. Trent Thornton's got a bit of a high ERA, but he's been solid this year. So you can see that there, that there is potential for some pieces to come together. But just adding to that uh, stable of starters, I think, would be really key. So that's a wrap, folks. Don't forget to visit arishapiro.ca in order to subscribe and get your latest episode of Take 5, along with other audio and literary contributions from all of my great contributors. It's been a pleasure having you aboard. You've been listening to Take 5, 